Jesus has recruited a small group of fishermen to be his disciples. And they are about to find out that fishing for people is not quite as simple as it may have first sounded. The location of their first hands-on lesson, as it were, couldn't be further from the peacefulness of the seashore, or more intimidating. They find themselves in the synagogue at Capernaum. On the Sabbath, in front of religious leaders, a crowd of people and a man with an unclean spirit. What could go wrong? Or better, what could go right? The readers of Mark's Gospel know that this isn't going to end well. And perhaps the little group of fishermen thought so too. As an adult Jewish man, Jesus, of course, has the right to enter the synagogue and to join in the discussion on the Torah. But Mark tells us that he taught, meaning he explained the scriptures to them, which would be a certain presumption on his part, perhaps. And that he did so, Mark says, with authority, not like the scribes. He doesn't tell us what that teaching was, but he does tell us that people were astonished. If ever there was a statement in the Gospels that would ring true to this day, it may be that phrase, and they were astonished at what Jesus said. Maybe that's why we return to read or to listen to the scriptures for ourselves about what Jesus said and did over and over and over again. Because we are still astonished. And we ask, did he really say that? Did he mean that for us? Are we to take that seriously in our lives? Yes, yes, and yes. Not only did Jesus challenge the existing sort of understanding of the law, the acceptable source of teaching and healing, the habitual way of treating others, like the sinners, and those who were suffering, the powerless and the rejected, But he left us words that simply apply to so many situations and customs of our own time. To complicate the situation in the synagogue, Mark tells us that Jesus drives out the unclean spirit. He heals someone in the synagogue on the Sabbath. There he goes, acting 
as though he was of God. And this is what catches our attention, that what he does and where he does it are a kind of clash of of values that we can relate to. Not long after Pope Francis was elected Pope, he started to speak about the mercy of God. And on more than one occasion, he said that the church and its pastoral leaders had institutionalized the mercy of God with policies and expectations and procedures and forms that had created boundaries. That for those who were in need of mercy, they became obstacles to care, pastoral care, and the assurance of God's love. As Mark's gospel unfolds, Jesus continues to challenge the individuals and the institutions of his time to hear and to understand the word of God in a different light and for a new purpose. Jesus is not fond of boundaries and he crosses them on a regular basis. He breaks down the barriers that keep people from knowing the love of God that was embedded in the law. And he subverted those conventions and interpretations that oppressed those who were vulnerable. His authority to do this, that is clearly hinted at in today's gospel, comes from God. As the people said, He doesn't teach like us other human beings. This has an authority. This comes from someplace else. Jesus stands in that long line of prophetic voices like Moses, whom God chose to proclaim this word of God. We are called ourselves to be these barrier-busting prophetic voices like Jesus was, to a discipleship that in itself is prophetic. Pope Francis says that the prophetic disciple understands the deeper human situation as an opportunity for the mercy of God to be discovered and celebrated. There has been a traditional understanding in the church that the most prophetic voices, the first line of disciples, if you like, were among those women and men who had a religious vocation. Today's text from Paul may be partly to blame for this kind of thinking. Paul certainly acknowledges that Those who were uh, married have many concerns, perhaps more than those who are not married. But it doesn't necessarily follow that those who are married are less spiritual, or that those who are unmarried 
are more focused on the things of God. In fact, for Paul, the call to discipleship is found in that commitment to Christ. And one state in life is the way to holiness. It's not ever a barrier to it. And so in the scriptures today, my friends, they not only challenge us to pray for those prophetic voices, but to be the prophetic voice, challenging us to give voice to our own prophetic gifts and witness. Whoever we are, wherever we are, we need to find that mercy of God in that place, in that space, in that experience and encounter with others. That's where we need to be. And the prophetic voice of God is the voices of all of us. It's not intended to ever remain silent.